You're listening to the Sketchnote Army Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Rohde, the author of the Sketchnote Handbook and the Sketchnote Workbook. And this is the podcast where I chat with sketchnoters and visual thinkers and try to understand what makes them tick. Hey everyone, it's Mike and I'm here with my friend Tanmay Vora. Tanmay, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mike. I'm thrilled to be on the show today. Well, I'm excited to have you. I've been watching all the work you've been doing, and it's it's very exciting to have you on and to have you talk about the work you're doing and the impact you're having, specifically in India. But I think internationally, everyone in this space is having an international impact, which is super cool. So first of all, tell us who you are and what you do. So I, of, of the many identities that I have, uh, you know, the ones that I'm living uh, more passionately these days is the identity of a business leader, uh, an author, and an illustrator. Uh, most people uh, know me more from my sketchnote work because the work itself is so distinct and uh, personal mm-hmm. that people identify me more as a sketchnoter. But <clears throat> I primarily work on these three identities. Um, a lot of my work uh, that I share on the internet and elsewhere, it is at the intersection of visual thinking uh, and leadership learning and change consulting. So uh, in a way, what I do with visual uh, sketch noting feeds my consulting work. And when I do consulting, it basically feeds my visual thinking practice. So it's a sort of nice symbiotic relationship between the two areas that I work. Um, I'm the founder of QSpire Consulting. It's, a, it's less than a year that I started my own consulting uh, practice in the, in, the, in the peak of pandemic. Um, and there I work on two areas. One is capability services, where I help organizations uh, build their strategic capabilities, processes, culture, people, talent. And the other part is clarity services, where I do visual facilitation, help organizations see their strategy clearly, see their ideas, their own ideas clearly. And this involves a lot of sketch noting, visual facilitation and stuff like that. Uh, my purpose uh, with what I do is that I want to, I want to use sketch notes as a tool to amplify and illuminate ideas worth sharing in the space of leadership, learning, and and change. And uh, the aim of all of this is to nurture better leadership and nurture better leaders. Because I've been an organizational leader for 23 years. Um, you know, in my last stint, I was leading a, a 700 people organization as the country managing director. And I've lived leadership and I've seen it from close quarters. And I feel that there is a substantial need for great ideas to go into the organization so that we can have better leaders and better leadership uh, within the organization. So that's a little bit about what I do and uh, how I use Sketchnotes as a tool uh, to propagate ideas worth sharing. I think what I find interesting in this you share with uh, my friend Diana Soriat is she came to Sketchnoting from a business, a very business-minded perspective, mm-hmm. right? She was a consultant and did all this um, work in business and could understand a lot of the concepts mm-hmm. and knew all the uh, secret terms <laughs> that the business people were saying. And yeah. so it gave her like this edge or this secret weapon. So when she came in as a visualizer, she could speak and understand and parse and uh, not only that, but then show, um, I guess, alternatives that maybe they hadn't thought of mm-hmm. as part of her services, right? To say, had you thought about doing this thing or that thing? Because she understood where they were going. and yeah. So I wonder, is that part of what you do in the visualization, that second portion that you mentioned, where you do visualization with companies? Yeah, so we, we use visuals to plot opportunities. Uh, we use visuals to plot possibilities. And, and saying that uh, if this is 
what you want to convey have you considered and, and again i want to emphasize here that i think of visual curation or visual creation of ideas not as passive graphical recording but as an active co-creation of meaning so when i work with organizations and authors and uh, sometimes they mean to say something but when i create a visual interpretation of it a new meaning a more richer sort of meaning the layer of that meaning is uncovered and uh, one of the learning mm. consultants his name is harold jarshi he said that when he saw my visual he looked at possibilities that he did not think of when he was writing an article and so i think i look at it i've come to look at it as active co-creation of meaning uh, but, you know and that's that's what i uh, have experienced consistently with all the customers that i work with mm. that's got to be a, a when i've done that work um, I specifically did that work with development teams mm -hmm. where we would queue up a feature for software. We would look at the old tool and see what did it do well, what did it not do mm -hmm. well, where could we go. And then we would start having this discussion. And while we were discussing, I'm drawing on a big whiteboard mm -hmm. and interpreting this and drawing it out and saying, is that what you mean? Yeah. And then it really was this really, there was a, a spirit in the room or almost Absolutely. Where people were getting excited and then developers would come up and say, hey, can I have the mirror and, or the, the, um, the pen mm -hmm. the, and draw on the, on the board? Absolutely. And that was always exciting. So there was sort of this feeling of co-creation now that you put a word to it. That was kind of what we were doing in that space. Absolutely. And my first experience in visual thinking was uh, back in 2009 when, you know, I don't think I was aware of the term sketchnote whether I was aware of the term visual thinking, but it just came naturally to me. I was in a sales meeting uh, talking to a vice president of quality in Finland, um, you know, on a cold January morning. And it was an early morning meeting at around seven o'clock. I was trying to talk to the vice president of quality who was who just closed his eyes, you know, leaned back on his chair and he would he wouldn't just attend to what I was saying. And I was here presenting a fancy PowerPoint, trying to sell a solution to him. And he just wouldn't listen or so it seemed. And uh, in a moment, I don't know what happened. I thought I lost a client. So I put down the lid of my laptop, you know, grabbed some markers, went on the whiteboard and started drawing their process. And I said, here is where you have a gap and this is how we can address it and so on. And before I knew it changed the energy in the room, uh, the gentleman not just opened his eyes up, he, he walked up to me on the whiteboard and he says that I would like to correct your understanding. And then he started, you know, adding to the whiteboard. And before I knew the sale was done, I mean, Obviously, there was a sales cycle to it, but uh, the excitement started with the visual. I went on the whiteboard and we started co-creating solution rather than I being an expert who is trying to propose something and selling. You know, the spirit changed from trying to sell something to trying to co-create a solution. And I think that was the beauty of uh, the first time that I experienced the power of sketch notes in a very substantial sort of way. Mm. Probably the key moment when you get excited now looking back is, let me correct your interpretation. Absolutely. Right? That means I'm engaged I'm, and you're starting to get him to co-create, right? He's stepping into the zone with you, which is really cool. Absolutely. Hmm. So that sounds like uh, you're leaning into my next question, which is your origin story? Like, have you drawn since you were a kid? Did you have any troubles in school? Like, stop drawing on your notes or <laughs> like, tell us that story from when you were a little kid to now and how did you end up? being what you're doing so you know it's a it's an interesting story that i never i was never good at uh, drawing in the school and uh, mm -hmm. i only to realize later that you don't need to be good at drawing if you want to do visual thinking 
Um, mm-hmm. But after I cleared my schooling, uh, I was preparing for architecture entrance examination for an architecture course. And during those few months of my vacation, when I was in the prep period, I did a lot of drawing, a lot of perspective drawing. Uh, we would put earthen pots on the terrace and start drawing and shading them and so on. Uh, I cleared that uh, entrance exam as well, but I then did not pursue architecture. And I thought this was it when it comes to drawing. And then I pursued a career in technology, you know, grew through uh, my corporate career to to scale the different, you know, organizational peaks, etc. But as I was a new, uh, you know, uh, so drawing, I did some drawing back in time. I've seen my mother doing a lot of drawing uh, as well. Um, but that was for from a hobby perspective and not from a professional perspective. But yes, we had an environment where drawing, we had some drawing going on all the time in the house. Now, Cut to 2006, I was a new first-time manager and I was given a team and I was building a team and I was learning so much about people, so much about uh, how to lead people towards excellence and I I have a background in quality. Um, So I started writing a blog in 2006. This is when Facebook and Twitter were about two years old and uh, nobody Mm -hmm. heard about it. So I started documenting my lessons on blog and ever since then, I've been looking for different ways to express myself in a way that A, resonates with my own self uh, and B, if I share it out there, it resonates with others. And that pursuit brought me to my first book in 2009. Uh, This book was uh, called Quality Tweet. It was published in 2009 from Santa Clara. And uh, the format of the book was that it's a book with 140 chapters and every chapter is one tweet long, which is 140 characters at that point in time. And so every tweet, <laughs> so every tweet was written in a way that it promotes some lateral thinking. Uh, so it's provocative, it's evocative, it's uh, you know it, it leads to a discussion, right? So I wrote all those 140 tweets, and that book, it was very well received because I think it was probably the first or second tweet book in the world. Uh, so mm. it was it was a very novel concept uh, back then. Then I delved into more traditional forms of publishing. I, I contributed a chapter in American Society for Training and Development's Management Development Handbook. Uh, then I wrote a proper book on Lean Six Sigma in 2014. And I realized that book writing is a tedious process. It's a long process. Hmm. And by the time the book is released, the ideas would change. So we, are, we have to keep up with the rate of the change. And therefore, I then again focused back to blogging. Uh, obviously, I never left blogging, but I was doing it all the while along with my other pursuits. And then in 2015, I, when I was still in search of different ways to express myself, um, I could magically see my practice of drawing from early 2000 coming together with my corporate experience and overlapping in, in, in an area, which is the intersection of visual thinking, uh, leadership, learning and change. So I stumbled upon sketch notes with, uh, you know, thanks to my friend Abhijit Bhaduri. Uh, he's a prolific mm-hmm. sketch noter. And uh, in a blog that he wrote about how to sketch note, I stumbled upon your work almost at the same time. And uh, mm-hmm. that's when I picked up, you know, the books. I looked at the online resources. I think you were doing some videos on visual metaphors and stuff like that. And so I consumed all of it to create my first very rudimentary sort of sketch note. I shared it out there and Abhijit was the first one to say that this is fantastic. And that sort of fed my pursuit. And because I was already writing a lot about management and leadership for like almost nine to 10 years, 
uh, I, I, I had a lot of ideas. Now I had to just try and convert some of them into visual notes. So I started drawing daily and creating sketch notes every day and sharing what I create on my blog and then on, on, on social media. And I think it was in 2015 end that the sketch notes started to go viral on Twitter. My followers, uh, follower count increased from about 7,000 to almost 15,000 in about a year. Uh, so I, wow. there was a lot of swelling of uh, followers on social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, and my blog readership went up. And so I thought this is a cool way to, uh, you know, add my own personality into what I share. Because if you write on, on a keyboard, it does not have personality. It just has fonts. And uh, this had my signature in it. This had my visual signature in it. And that's what I loved the most about it. And then I've never stopped doing sketch notes ever since then. Um, and I've been doing this with... Uh, with a lot of generosity, uh, with, a, with the spirit of community and sharing. And, uh, and it's been, uh, it's been uh, fantastic. So my corporate life has given me playground to test my ideas. But Sketchnotes gave me an expression that's like unique to me, uh, that's authentic mm -hmm. to me, and that resonates with me the most. So I'm really, I'm very curious about the story you told earlier with a Finnish um, customer mm -hmm. you were trying to sell. Mm -hmm. Where does that fit in the timeline? When did that experience happen? Was it before? That was before. That was about six years before I actually started sketching. And, and in fact, there's one more story that I want to share here is that in year 2001, when, you know, uh, we had a lot of customers in U.S. and, you know, U.S. went through the September 11 attacks and, you know, the right. funding just stopped coming and, and we, we were in a situation where we had to be laid off at that point in time. And uh, obviously I was in technology, I was a software engineer, and I used to be writing a lot of short stories and stuff like that. So when I did an inventory of my skill set in the pursuit of what I do next, I wrote a lot of things on a piece of paper. And then I said, let me circle those things that I really want to do. And then writing and technology. Uh, so I circled those two words, writing and technology. And at that point also, I had this magical moment where I saw those two circles, you know, popping out of the paper into the air and then, you know, sort of overlapping to form uh, a, an intersection called technical writing. And that's how I got back into my corporate career uh, back in 2002. Uh, so that was my first powerful experience in terms of making sense of what I want to do next, uh, you know, doing skill inventory and stuff like that. And the fill-in experience was more in 2009. So that probably tells me that I was always a visual thinker, but I never realized that I was one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the fact that you were uh, you were applying for architecture school probably is a hint. Mm -hmm. right? So there's some some aspect of you that's uh, visual, spatial, spatial, yeah, thinking in that in that way, right? So it was just maybe a matter of of time. Of time, absolutely. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about some exciting stuff you're doing now. What are some projects that you can tell us about that you're allowed to tell us about that you're excited about? Oh, absolutely. I think uh, you know my. My first high point in the journey of sketchnoting was in 2018, when I started working with uh, Tiffany Bova, who is the who is the chief innovation evangelist at Salesforce, and she was writing a book called Growth IQ. Uh, and I she remember that book. Yeah. yeah, and she stumbled upon my work, and uh, and I wrote the book. Uh, I mean, I illustrated the book that she wrote, and within three months of release, it went on to become a bestseller uh, on Wall Street Journal. And uh, what also happened is that it gave a lot of visibility to my work um, as well. Subsequently, I did a podcast uh, that she started. So I illustrated the podcast with people like Tom Peters, Seth Godin, Aaron Huffington, 
and uh, one of the cool things we did there was that we we converted this we printed this sketch notes on a glass frame and we gifted it to those those thinkers so in a oh, way nice. in a way the sketch notes actually went uh, out to those people and it was it was really fascinating uh, sort of experience as of today what i uh, what i'm more actively working on is i do a lot of commission work uh, commission visual uh, curation for 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 customers and uh, <laughs> there one of the things that i look for is not just do passive recording of ideas but also as i said uh, look for learning leverage so uh, when i was looking at sketch notes uh, i thought that sketch note as a tool can be applied to so many different problems in life but what is the problem that i care the most about and the answer was leadership learning and how do we keep up with the change that's going on and so leadership mm-hmm. learning change became my domain uh, became my arena in which i would exercise my uh, skill of creating sketch notes and visual interpretations um and so there's been a very focused approach that when i take up a project i don't look at just uh, how financially rewarding it is or uh, or what kind of company or how big a company is i look at learning leverage and this one thing has served me consistently well because in the process of doing a commissioned work for a customer I want to make sure that it feeds me intrinsically uh, around my passion areas and not just uh, be a passive recorder of ideas but more of treating more of it as a learning experience for myself and that's one thing mm-hmm. that has consistently served me well because every project I do then elevates my consulting practice it elevates my learning it elevates my understanding of how the world works and that way it is very rewarding I'm currently working on on three book projects um so these are you know spaced between now till june um so i'm working on um two authors are in us and one of them is in india uh i'm doing uh, what we now call as nudge notes for uh, some of the conglomerates uh in us uh, one of them is the top 5 uh, uh one of the top 5 companies in the world and the other one is uh, a a conglomerate in india uh, with 140000 employees and they're going through a lot of uh, you know that culture change program so they want and now when they when they write emails or when they you know when they create posters etc they don't get traction uh, behavior change is not happening so they needed objects of so visual objects that can become drivers of connection and conversation between people and more so in the in the in the virtual world where people are not sitting with each other and so on how do we use visual um ideas to sort of enable people to connect with ideas so that that has been a very interesting uh, project and nudge notes is something that's doing really well uh with with multiple customers that i work with i'm also starting to write a a visual book on self directed learning uh because mm-hmm. i learned sketch notes on my own back in time i learned most of the technologies that i worked with like oracle developer 2000 visual basic back in time right so i've I've learned a lot of those technologies on my own. I learned a lot of my leadership le- lessons on my own. So I've not done an MBA, I've never gone to a class. I've never done a certification, but all that I've done so far has been a result of my own pursuit. And so I'm I'm conceptualizing so my first TEDx talk in 2019 was on self-directed learning and now I'm converting that entire model into a book uh, which will be a visual mm. book of course and uh, something that I'm actively thinking of. apart from this i'm uh, i'm holding a few board positions on on companies where i do a lot of executive coaching and organizational consulting so 
all of this uh, keeps me really busy these days. Just a few things, Tanmay. Yeah. <laughs> just, you know, just three books. <laughs> I was, when you said just, you know, only three books, I was like, only three books? <laughs> That's great. So uh, one question that pops out of all that is, um, it's so great to hear that you're doing all these things. Mm-hmm. And the one that I'm really curious about are nudge notes. Can you describe what they are? You've sort of mentioned it in passing. What defines a nudge note and how does it work? So a, a nudge note is uh, quite simply a form of sketch note uh, that, mm-hmm. that basically builds a conversation one sketch note at a time. Uh, so a nudge note does not have to be very descriptive. So it outlines a very simple uh, a very simple point. Let's say we're talking about inclusive leadership. Uh, so a nudge note says, what does inclusion mean? So defining inclusion, what demonstrates inclusion? Let's say only three behaviors that demonstrate inclusion, uh, you know, along with the visual interpretation of that. And then at the end of it, it says, pause and reflect. You say, let's step back and reflect. Am I inclusive in my approaches? Uh, what can I do better going forward? And so on and so forth, right? So. A nudge note outlines an idea and also enables people to step back and reflect on what they've just seen in the visual, right? So it, it's a sort of gentle nudge uh, hmm. along the behavior change spectrum. Uh, and it's just one of the nudges, right? Now, there are workshops that people do. Then we release nudge notes. It all sort of, sort of adds up to the behavior change that we're seeking. So visual is uh, a very powerful tool. And then what organization have been doing is that they basically compile these nudge notes into a booklet that they give it as handout material to people so that people can refer to it they can frame it as a poster um, you know they can they can use it uh, and and recently one organization i worked with they asked me to create a desktop background with a nudge note saying that we want this background to be on all our desk all over desktops basically mm. so that when people open their computer you know they see a nudge that uh, that enables them to connect with the idea and stuff like that. So we've been doing a lot of, uh, lot of that uh, uh, nudge notes as well. So I think nudge note is, is quite simply a small gentle push towards a desired behavior. Uh, and that push is now in visual form, in, in hand-drawn sketch mm. note form. It's almost like a little seed, like you're planting a little seed of thought. And exactly. then you sort of suggest to someone who's reading it, think about this thing. And then not too much just enough information to get you yeah. thinking and then let you go. Let you go. And then, you know, next week we'll give you some more and then some more. And so it sort of builds a conversation in one bite at a time. So hmm. are there, um, is there a place that someone could go and look at some of this work? Do you have some of this publicly posted? So most of the nudge notes I've created are uh, commissioned for uh, customers. Internal, um, yeah. uh, but I have done a lot of, my own sketch notes in nudge note form. Uh, so they could go and mm. uh, they can be seen at my website, qspire.com. Okay. We'll make sure. The reason I ask is um, I can imagine someone listening like, I want to see what that looks like because I want to use mm-hmm. that format. Mm-hmm. So we'll make sure and get show notes in the podcast so people can click to it and see what a nudge note looks like. That'd be Absolutely. great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the next question I have for you is related to this pandemic, which seems like it doesn't want to end. What are the things that you have done and maybe are doing, maybe it's changed, to help yourself from going crazy when you're stuck <laughs> in the house or you can't do the things you want or, you know, what, what, are, what are some of those solutions you found for yourself to maybe inspire others who are listening with ideas? 
so you know pandemic has truly worn us out all and uh, you know yeah. there was a time when i was sucked in the in the never ending anxiety of what happens next uh, where do we go from here and i was in the middle of a substantial career transition from being a senior corporate leader to being a solopreneur and somewhere in the midpoint of that transition uh, pandemic struck us derailed all my plans uh, but i think what has kept me going is the pursuit uh, is the journey and uh, you know and realization that sometimes along the journey you don't need to walk a mile you just need to take the next important step in front of you so i have been recentering myself in the pursuit rather than uh, on the outcomes and you know if i for example get up this morning and feel like i want to draw something or if i feel like i don't want to work today or if i want to spend some time with kids i am letting myself flow going where the energy is and i think going where the flow is is has been my mantra since 2020 uh, till now uh, which has led me to very interesting places because when you don't have plan anywhere you go will sound very interesting because you're not aiming to go anywhere anyway so it it's a it's a very free flow kind of an approach that i've taken to life in last two years obviously i focused on building a business uh, because i wanted to i wanted the business to replace my full time uh, you know income source uh, and uh, very glad that it, it it's turned out really really well and rewarding from that front as well but again i was not aiming for a certain revenue figure or certain types of clients i was just aiming for contribution i was just aiming for doing what i do well day in and day out just showing up every day and uh, you know putting myself out there that's just that was just my very plain strategy and then people discover the work they come along and then we build a business that's a so building a business for me is more like a byproduct than than the pursuit itself uh but you know just doing what i'm supposed to do every day uh looking looking at my dharma right which is what is it that i'm meant to do and how do i do it on a on a daily basis obviously focus on exercising has really helped um so i've been going to gym quite regularly in last one year mm. uh focusing on my health uh, and my well being and pandemic has given us a lot of quality time with family um so all of that put together has kept me sane and i try to stay away from news most of the times i don't read newspapers um ever since 2009 when i started writing my first book along with a demanding job uh, i decided that i have to give up a few things and some of those things were television and a newspaper because um, i'm very active on twitter so i anyway get to read a lot of stuff on out there so i don't need to spend time watching television or 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 reading newspapers so that's kept me sane interesting that's some some good ideas especially love the idea of going where the flow of the energy is because mm-hmm. i think that's that's probably sustainable right if you force yourself i mean you have to do have to pay the bills or have to do yeah. maybe the energy isn't there but it must be done of course that's absolutely normal, for the primary thing having this focus area it's really good advice absolutely this episode of the sketchnote army podcast is brought to you by concepts an infinite canvas sketching app built for tablets with a stylus like the ipad pro microsoft surface and samsung galaxy tab concepts infinite canvas lets you spread out and sketch in any direction Everything you draw in Concepts is a flexible vector, so you can move your notes around the canvas or change their color, tool, or size with a simple gesture. Search Concepts in your favorite app store for infinite, flexible sketching.
Let's shift into tools. I'm really curious to hear about the tools you use. I think you use digital, I would guess, but I'll let you speak for yourself. Let's start with analog first. Pens, pencils, notebooks, paper. What are the things that you like to use that you maybe could recommend? Yes, on the analog side, when I started doing sketch notes, and because I was, you know, in a full-time corporate role, what I would do is I would just pull some A4 size sheets uh, from the printer, uh, you know, fold them into two, and uh, threw myself a constraint that I had to create a sketch note in half of the A4 size paper. And I created about 150 sketch notes that way. So I would, uh, you know, draw uh, on, on, on that sheet with pencil and uh, put it in my draft folder. Then go home and create a full-blown sketch note. So ink it later. But first mm. I would do it with pencil. And that also shaped my approach because then I am now doing a lot of pencil-first sketch notes. I always... Mm. So my original sketch note work happens in pencil and inking happens uh, later on. Uh, so I used uh, Stadler uh, fine liner pens, 0. 0.5, 0. 0.7. Mm. And I also used a lot of signature pens uh, uh, to add emphasis onto my... Uh, onto my sketch notes. I've never used highlighters, but the process I used in analog sketch noting was that I would do it pencil first, then I would ink it. I would then click a photograph of it in my digital SLR camera, uh, take it to Photoshop and, and then just clean it up a little bit, maybe add some colors uh, uh, in the closed spaces that I've drawn with a black pen. I would just add some colors and, and then push it out uh, on social media. So that's been my practice on... Um, on the analog side of things, uh, on the and, and so I don't have any specific preference on paper because for me uh, a blank piece of paper just works fine. But I've been using uh, these A4 uh, A4 sized uh, you know sketchbooks from uh, from a company called Paperbox in India, um, and they've mm. been they've been really good quality um, sketches that uh, you know I could I could create using this this this, uh, this book, but. No preference on 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 the paper. Uh, more focus on uh, expression. Hmm. In two thousand and eighteen, later part of eighteen, I moved to digital, and uh, I got myself an iPad Pro ten point five inches with uh, with a pencil. Um, I also got myself a paper like screen cover uh, because it gives mm-hmm. me that tactile feeling of drawing. Um, yes. And uh, then I started initially. I started using paper by V transfer, paper by fifty three back then. And uh, mm-hmm. I think I love the simplicity of it. And I know you love it as well. Uh, but then I yeah. graduated to Procreate uh, purely because I, my approach was pencil first. And therefore, having layers that I could make visible and invisible at any given point in time uh, gives me a lot of flexibility um, to, to, to really make sure that the thing that I share out in the world is more finished uh, you know, those sketch notes are not meant to be finished products, I know, but I wanted, I have a certain preference of how it should go out uh, there and Procreate mm. just serves that purpose really, really well. And so layers is my most loved feature uh, in there. I'm not a very advanced mm. sort of pro user of Procreate, but just a, just an average user who knows how to work his way around uh, in, uh, in mm. Procreate. And so you, would you create like a layer and do the pencil yeah. And then when you feel like it's in the right place, maybe dim it or something and then create another layer for the inking and do your normal. So you're basically replicating your analog process in a digital tool. Would that Absolutely. Be way to think of it? Absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly how yeah. it works. And I also have, so now my sketch notes have structure where there is a pencil layer. Uh, then there is um, a layer, a layer where I put the title. Then there is content layer and visual mm-hmm. layer. So, 
So content is uh, done on a certain layer. Visuals are done on a separate layer. Uh, highlights and uh, so highlighting. So the background highlighting happens on a different layer. And then pencil is a, is a different layer. Hmm. And probably the thing you were used to be doing with Photoshop where you would scan, bring it in and add color. Now you're just doing it on a layer. And exactly. Right? Exactly. Achieving the same thing. Exactly. Mm. And so that's sort of eased my process a lot. Uh, so I don't have to worry about all the logistical aspects. I just need to focus on uh, getting the representation right and not uh, worry about all the logistics and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really been a boon for me, uh, discovering Procreate. And by the way, I still use, uh, you know, paper by V-Transfer for a lot of my uh, unstructured notes. So let's say I'm listening to a podcast and I'm, I want to write down three big ideas, right? So... I write it down on uh, paper by V-Transfer. I do a lot of my personal planning and to-dos and stuff like that on in, in those notebooks that paper provides. So it's a, mm. it's a very... Uh, then there I don't want to worry about layers and, and, and techniques. I just want to put it out there. And so iPad becomes my one-stop shop for all kinds of note-taking. Mm. Yeah, I think the thing I like about paper is because it is so constrained and focused... You mm-hmm. don't have much time to fiddle around with, oh, what brush should I use? Or which layer is this on? You just build stuff. Absolutely. So I can see that. Excellent. Well, great set of tools. It sounds like you're a, you're a very focused uh, person who uses simple tools. Yeah. Nothing fancy, per se. Which is nice, because it takes the tool discussion a little bit off the table and more focused on content creation, which is kind of what you were talking about there. Absolutely. So, now let's imagine there's someone listening, probably is, who is into visualization of some kind, whatever they are into, mm-hmm. um, and they 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 love it, but they feel like they're in a maybe in a circling pattern or on a plateau, and they need a little inspiration just to rise above. What would be mm-hmm. three things you might say to that person to encourage them or give them uh, some inspiration? Yeah. So when I started my sketchnoting practice, one of the things that served me really well was integrating you know the visual way of working in my everyday tasks so for example i would anyway do a to-do list uh how do i turn my to-do list into some form of visual uh for example what i would do is that my to-do list uh, would define what i do in the day but at the end of the day i would sit back and reflect on how was my day today how how productive was i did i accomplish am i happy and so on and the simplest rating that I would give to each day uh, back in time was through a set of emoticons. So I would draw an emoticon mm. to represent the day. And I would say that today was a fantastic day or today was a neutral day or I wasn't happy with how I spent my day and so on. So, And, and then I extended that to, let's say, clean eating, exercising. And I would say that how do I review myself visually, right? So instead of tracking my goals on apps and stuff like that, I started tracking them in a, on a piece of paper in my diary um, with, with emoticons. So I think the simplest way to do it is to just start and keep at it and make it a part of a daily routine rather than trying to do it specially uh, in a day because mm. we, are, we are bombarded with information and priorities all the time. And if we just step back and do it in a, in a way that sort of helps us become better, then we are not doing visual thinking. We are actually using sketch notes or visuals as a tool to improve ourselves. And I think that's a very powerful uh, way to also build your visual vocabulary, uh, make practice a part of your pursuit and, and not do it like, uh, you know, in a very grand sort of fashion. 
the second thing that helped me was that when i started sharing it with community now people are looking up to me for sharing something meaningful all the time and that sort of means that i have to keep up at it right so community keeps you at it and it's easy to give up if you are doing it all alone but if you are doing it in a community uh, if you are sharing if you're doing what we're doing in the service of something or someone i think that changes the whole perspective the third thing is that uh, constraints have really helped me because i am clear that i don't want to be the best sketch noter out there uh, i think uh, what i want to do is i want to use sketch notes and visual thinking as a tool to advance ideas and so uh, i've given myself a lot of constraints back in time as i said i used to tear up a an a4 size paper into two and i would just use that small space to create a sketch note uh, now i have i work with fixed canvas sizes a fixed set of brushes uh, so i don't have to think about how do i make this creatively beautiful and and nice that's not the point the point is how do i represent and capture the idea most effectively so constraints really help you keep on the track um uh, you know so we can throw in constraints like what kind of visuals we want to create what colors we want to use uh, what material what type of tools we want to use and those create they they basically not just help you become more effective but also uh, constraints helps us in uh, bringing out a unique uh, expression and unique style um that's what i've learned so these are like these would be my top 3 things integrate visuals into your day to day flow of work share it generously with the community and then you know throw in some constraints and uh, and and build your own visual style that's that's very unique to to you I love those tips. That's the and they they tie so well together and I'm a, as you know I'm a big believer in constraints. So yeah, uh, I think often that can be a solution to many problems by limiting your options. It sort of forces you to be creative within a you know, a box in a sense. So Absolutely. Really good. Really good. So Tanmay, it's so been so good to have you. How can someone find your work, see your work? What do you have a website or is there social media where you hang out the most where someone might go first? My website is uh, is a repository of all my work. All that I do, I share it first on my website and then use social media as the outposts for all the content mm-hmm. that I create. So people can find me on my website at qaspire.com. It's uh, q as in quality and aspire uh, as in ambition. So qaspire.com and um, I'm also very active on uh, Twitter uh, and Instagram and LinkedIn and my handle on all these three platforms is at T N V O R A. Mm, got it. And we'll of course, as always, put these in the show notes. So if you're driving somewhere or washing the dishes and you can't get your out of the water, mm-hmm. hands out of the water, you can go back and look at the links in the show note and on the website and all those places. So I hope that Absolutely. you reach out to Tanmay and let him know how he did. I think he did great. And uh, make a new connection. We have a great community, a really vibrant community, and I'm so pleased that you're part of it and all the contributions you've given. Thank you so much for the work you've done, Tanmay. And likewise, Mike, I'm extremely grateful for uh, for you and Mauro because you know my first high point was when my rough sketch note, you know, was featured on Sketch Note Army back in time. Yeah, that was that was one of the high points, and it sort of fed me in a very different way. Uh, so thank you for doing that work, and thank you for encouraging so many of us out here uh, in in pursuing visual thinking uh, as tool as as a practice. Uh, I think it 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 has made world a much better place. Uh, so thank you very much for that. Thanks so much, Tanmay. I appreciate those kind words. Well, for everyone who's watching or listening, this wraps another episode of the Sketch Note Army podcast. Until the next episode, talk.
Talk to you soon. The Sketchnote Army podcast was created by me, Mike Rohde, and brought to you by Rohde Design Studios. It's produced and edited by Alec Polianis of Amp Creative Studios. The theme music was created by John Schiedemeyer. To support the creation of this show, I invite you to buy one of my books, The Sketchnote Handbook or The Sketchnote Workbook. You can find the books on Amazon or go to peachpit.com and use the code RODI40 for 40% off. Please share this podcast with other visual thinking friends and be sure to leave a nice rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app so others can find the show.